Hi, you're listening to the Raise the Vibe with Liz podcast. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. I interview today's inspirational speakers and healers. Thank you for listening to the show. Hello and welcome to this episode of Raise the Vibe with Liz. I'm your host, Liz Peterson, and today I have Mark Anthony joining me. Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, who is also known as the psychic explorer, is a fourth generation psychic medium who communicates with spirits. He is also a successful attorney, licensed to practice law in Florida, Washington, D.C., and before the United States Supreme Court. Mark graduated from Mercer Law School with honors, which included the study of a study of law at Oxford University in England. He has also studied mediumship in England at the Author Finley College for the Advancement of Psychic Science. He is the best-selling author of Never Letting Go and Evidence of Eternity. His highly anticipated and groundbreaking new book, The Afterlife Frequency, is coming soon. Mark appears nationwide on TV and radio. He has appeared on national TV, including the CBS hit show, The Doctors, where information he provided during a reading he conducted cracked a cold case murder. The Psychic and the Doc is co-hosted by Mark and Dr. Pat on the Transformation Talk Radio Network. He is a featured speaker at conferences, expos, and universities, which include Brown, Columbia, Harvard, and Yale is continuing the Mark Anthony 2020 Vision Tour online by appearing on shows worldwide, including this one. Mark, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. You know, it's funny because that press release we put out um, last year, but because of the pandemic, I know I'm still continuing my tour. And you know, Liz, thanks for the uh, miracle of modern technology, we're able to do shows. And as you can see, podcasts and radio have gone from being strictly an auditory thing to now visual as well, which I think is really great. I think it's great too. And we can reach a wider audience. We're worldwide now. It's really connecting us in a new way. I love it. Absolutely. So, and I'd like to thank you for inviting me uh, to your show. And I love the name of it, Raise raise the Vibration, because that's what it's all about. Yes. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. So let's jump right into it. So share with us about growing up psychic. When did you first realize you had this ability? I was about three and a half years old and I was sitting there, you know, I'd be playing and I'd start talking to all these people that, you know, were quote unquote invisible. Now, the thing is, Liz, it's not unusual for small children to have quote unquote invisible friends, except that my parents could see them as well because both mom and dad were mediums. And this runs in my family for generations. You know, my dad was a Navy SEAL and a NASA engineer. My mom was a commercial illustrator. So it's not like, you know, they were, you know, had turbans and, and were running around, you know, waving Ouija boards at people. We were, you know, a, a, an American middle-class family, um, sort of. <laughs> and, um, and so I started perceiving spirits at a young age. And, uh, you know, I remember mom was kind of excited about it and dad, dad not so much because he was afraid that it was going to lead to um, um, some pretty scary things for me, like what happened to his own sister, mm-hmm. who was also an extremely gifted medium. And uh, my Aunt Marjorie, and I write about this in my last book, Evidence of Eternity, but um, Marjorie was a very gifted psychic medium. And 
and she could also pick up on future events. And one day her husband who worked at a steel mill in Pennsylvania was getting ready to go to work. And she said, I don't want you going. And she said, I got this bad feeling in the pit of my stomach and I feel that something horrible is going to happen. And she, you know, he was telling her, Oh, stop it with that. And basically she threw a fit. And so he stayed home. Well, that day, a crane was lifting thousands of pounds of steel beams and the cable snapped and um, he, he worked in this machine shop and it crushed the machine shop and killed everybody in it. Now he wasn't there. So it reasons to assume that, that she saved his life. Well, unfortunately he was not very spiritual. He was a religious fundamentalist uh, in my, my estimation, a religious fanatic who felt that her abilities were somehow evil and negative. And so not long after that, he had her involuntarily committed to a mental institution where she was forcibly subjected to electroshock therapy for a period of six months. And after that, um, and this is years before I was born, but uh, I'd heard it from several people in the family, and she never talked about uh, the future or seeing spirits again. And so when I was a child and I started talking about this, my father was afraid for me. So it wasn't like he was mad at me. He was like, Oh my God. Um, you know, and, and I remember when I was about five, he sat me down and he said, Mark, people who see things that others don't get taken away. (laughs) Now that's a scary thing to say to a five-year-old. That's scary. Well, what he told me is you can talk to your mother and I about it all you want, but people outside of our house won't understand. So looking back now, I know why, but at the time, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't understand. Right. Gosh, that's amazing. And it's only a 50 year time difference, how far we've come along in that. Right. Even though there's still a lot, it's really shifted. Well, it, it, it's true. I mean, right now, um, spirit communication, mediumship is an openly discussed topic in, in most circles, at least in Western countries. In, in several Middle Eastern countries, you can still be beheaded for this. Um, I, I know a couple of years ago in Saudi Arabia, uh, the, the uh, method of execution there is beheading. And something like, it was almost like 120 people that year had been beheaded, a third of them for sorcery. Now that would include, you know, what you do, what I do. So unfortunately, even in the 21st century, there are still countries and and religions gripped in this primitive fear-based mindset. And what people need to understand is that the ability to communicate with spirits is, is in no way evil. It's simply a sensitive sensitivity to frequency. And that's what I was saying about your show, raise the vibration. It's when we raise our brain wave frequency, you know, uh, to a higher vibration, the other side. And what I, uh, you know, I call it, that's another dimension. And the title of my new book, the afterlife frequency explains how you raise your brainwave frequency to align with the afterlife frequency. And that's the crux of spirit communication. Wow, that's fantastic. Can you unwrap that a little bit more for our listeners? Absolutely. You know, um, that's that's what I, I started in my book, Evidence of Eternity, is bridging the gap between the spiritual and the scientific. And in the afterlife frequency, you know, don't expect the dry treatise. 
Um, this book educates and entertains. It reads like a juicy novel. And, and you know what it is, Liz? Uh, when I was in law school, how many boring books did I have to trudge through? The practice <laughs> of law, you're sitting there reading these statutes and these Supreme Court opinions by people who like to pontificate and go on and on. And so I always said that if I ever write a book, now I've written three, I'm going to make sure that nobody is stuck in a tar pit of boredom. So I want to be able to explain complex concepts and then make it move with driving, riveting, true stories to illustrate it. So think of our world as AM radio. Think of the other side as FM radio. Both systems use frequency and vibration. Okay, um, AM radio has a lower frequency, but it's like um, higher, higher amplitude and high, uh, greater distance between the wavelengths, but it vibrates at a lower frequency. FM frequency vibrates much higher. We know from quantum physics that there is no energy. There's, I mean, there is no matter. There's only energy, that everything is energy, which vibrates at different frequencies. And so when somebody dies, your, your soul, which in my new book, I termed the electromagnetic soul because our brain has an electromagnetic field. I love and that. yeah, and that's what we really are. We are eternal electric electromagnetic energy, which is pure consciousness. And so think of your soul as a drop of water. And when you die, it leaves your brain and plunges into this eternal sea of consciousness. So we leave this lower, slower material world vibration, and then we ascend into the higher frequency of the other side. And so that spirit communication is when the lower vibration and the higher vibration intersect. And you know, we have examples of this all the time. You ever been on a, on your phone and all of a sudden you pick up uh, interference or static? Yeah. Uh, ever been driving in your car down the highway and you're listening to a radio station and all of a sudden another one overlaps it? These things happen all the time, not just to our human-made technology, but also to us as spiritual beings who are able to communicate with other spiritual beings. Yes. Oh, I love that. <clears throat> I'm an energy worker. So I work with the aura and the chakras and our energy bodies, right? So can you dive into that a little bit more and the, co the connection between our physical, physical consciousness, the greater consciousness, and then how you bridge that in spirit communication? Well, all right, let me back up a bit. All right, <laughs> what exactly do you want me to talk about first? Okay, because that was a pretty, that was a good question, but there's a lot there. All of it, just unwrap it from start to finish. <laughs> well, when I was talking about our soul being like a drop of water plunging into the eternal sea of consciousness, let, let's take that. Let's, let's go with that first. Um, I call the other side, it, yes, it's the other side dimension, and the afterlife frequency is part of that dimension. And we've all heard the expression that we're all interconnected. Um, you know, you get this a lot in new age. Oh, we're all interconnected. Okay. And people fling this around and all that. But when you start looking at it from a physics standpoint, is that everything we know is made of molecules. Molecules in turn are made of atoms. 
atoms are made of smaller particles, electrons, protons, and neutrons. And those, thanks to quantum physics, we know are made of particles known as quanta. That's where quantum physics comes from. And on a subatomic level, everything is made of a quantum of electromagnetic energy. So that means you, me, the air we're breathing, the radio waves the show is being transmitted on, the light from the sun, the water in the ocean, the stars themselves are all composed on a subatomic level of the same form of energy. Ergo, everything is energetically interconnected. Now, in our brain, we have this electromagnetic field. Right? Um, in matters of faith, it's known as a soul or a spirit. In the realm of philosophy, psychology, and science, it's called consciousness. In the realm of physics, it's referred to as quantum consciousness. And so when I was studying and researching all this, plus the insights that I gained from uh, communicating with spirits, it hit me one day, it just came to me, the electromagnetic soul. And that melds the two, because that's what we are. We are energy. Energy is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. And so when we leave our bodies, this electromagnetic soul, which takes us with, with us, then interconnects with this larger, this infinite energetic field. And that's what I call the collective consciousness. Um, in, in a sense, it's like, you know, we become part of this cosmic internet. Um, Edgar Cayce, the great uh, psychic who died back in the 1940s, referred to this as the universal mind. And we've been hearing this in belief systems, you know, through Hinduism and Buddhism, Christianity, Islam, and native religions, and, and uh, many different philosophies, how we're, we're all one, we're all the children of God, we're all cells in the body of God, we're all interconnected. Well, that's what this is. And so physical death is not the end of existence, it is a transference of, of uh, who and what we are into a purely energetic state. So I hope that answers your question. That was fantastic. I loved that. Thank you so much for sharing that scientific view because it really brings it together for everyone, right? People who are, you know, speaking and living the woo, right? And people who are scientific based, right? Well, yeah. yeah and, and the thing is, um, you know, a lot of people think that science and faith are diametrically opposed. And and for a long time, they, they were. Um, and, and I blame Sir Isaac Newton for that. <laughs> okay. um, you know, I, I like Sir Isaac Newton. Uh, he invented physics. He invented calculus, which, you know, maybe we should thank him for that or not. You know, just, just teasing. But um, he was also a man of great faith. In fact, uh, he spent more time studying the Bible, uh, looking for encrypted and hidden messages than he did studying science. And uh, he also, and during the... Um, the plague of 1665, he went into self-quarantine and he was smart. Okay. He knew there was a pandemic, you know, he was all about masks. He was all about social distancing and he invented the laws of optics, the laws of motion and calculus while he was in, in quarantine. So he certainly made good use of his time. But what happened with Newton is that he came up with reductionism 
and he believed that the the molecular world was basically a miniaturized version of our world. And you can't blame him for that because he was limited to the technology of the day. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, you know, he had rudimentary, well, I mean, they had microscopes then, but but nothing like what like what they have now. Um, and so this has become a known as Newtonian reductionist materialism that there is no soul, which is odd because a man who studied the Bible didn't believe in a soul, didn't believe in an afterlife, believed in everything could be reduced essentially to molecules. Well, with the advancement of quantum physics, we now know, um, you know that, that things um, are all made up of energy on the subatomic level. And so in Newton's era, which is the enlightenment, Newton and other scientists looked at religious people as wallowing in primitive fear-based superstitions. And of course, the religious people looked at Newton and his band as a bunch of heretical, you know, atheists and, and, and uh, um, evil people. And, and this still goes on to some extent. But now what we're seeing, and this is the, the, uh, one of the factors in my work, is that we're bridging the gap between the two. People yeah. of faith ha- are right that we all are interconnected that the soul pre-exists the body, comes into the body, lives on after the body. Now we know from the laws of physics, energy, the electromagnetic soul, is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. So now in the 21st century, with the advances in quantum physics, electron microscopes, our understanding of things on a subatomic level, or our attempts at understanding things on a subatomic level, we're beginning to see that once you take the mythological aspects out of religion and go to what it's teaching about eternal life and certainly about being positive, and you start looking at um, what quantum physics is teaching, I don't really see a reason for there to be two separate camps anymore. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, whenever you lay the one over the other, it corresponds. It's just different language. It, it, it absolutely is. And, you know, I mean, to this day, you get people, mediums are not of God, they're evil. And they start flinging all these quotes at us from the books of usually of um, Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Yet in both of these books, it also says that it's an abomination to eat shellfish and that if your daughter is menstruating and walks into a temple, she's supposed to be stoned to death. If your neighbor works on the Sabbath, she shall be put to death. So you also have to take these these religious uh, texts into the context of when they were written. And uh, there was a lot of fear going on back then and also a, a huge lack of understanding of things. Certainly, you're not going to put your daughter to death for you know, menstruating because she walks into a place of worship. And if your neighbor is a realtor and he works on Saturday, if you're Christian, uh, I mean, uh, Saturday, if you're Jewish or Sunday, if you're Christian, you're not going to go up next door and shoot him in the head. Um, you know, so, so you have to take these things, you know, um, in, into into proper perspective. And by saying this, if I have offended anyone, I'm apologizing. But, you know, we have to look at um, something, something my friend and colleague, Dr. Raymond Moody, just released a new book entitled God is Bigger Than the Bible. And oh, my God, he put that on Facebook and people, how dare you? And, you know, and there was, of course, all the, the fundamentalists. And, and but I see this as well. You have to realize that uh, uh, religious texts, whichever, whichever they are, are, were written in the Bronze Age and the Iron Age. Mm-hmm. you know, by, by people, by people. Okay. Oh, God wrote it. It's like, mm, okay. 
So if we could get into a time machine and go back in time with a flashlight and flash these people, they'd be called a messenger of God or God itself or whatever. So you know, we need to take all this into, into proper perspective. Yes, I agree. On the same line, how, are, how do you deal with the skeptics that come to you? I, you know, if, if somebody wants a, uh, you mean like in a reading? Mm. Well, anything, like if you're posting on social media or if you're speaking to a group or something like that, and somebody says something to you, how do you handle those occurrences? You know what, everybody, uh, this is the United States of America for good or for bad. Okay. And, and I know, but uh, I've traveled all over the world. I've been in communist dictatorships, fascist dictatorships, absolute monarchies, I've been in countries that were, um, the, the government didn't even really control the country. Um, but we have rights. We have a right of free speech, a right of, of belief, of assembly, the right to vote. Everybody has their right to free speech. That being said, social media gives cowards the opportunity to become bullies. And a lot of people that write horrible things on social media uh, would never have the courage to say it to your face. Yes, I was just talking about this yesterday. <laughs> so, yeah, so so people who get all mired into the negativity and, yo, you can't do this and blah, 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 that's their opinion. I certainly have my opinions about their belief system. So I don't really, really waste my time with that. I know that what I'm doing is real um, because the, the information that's transmitted to me from spirits, I simply can't make this up. Right. Yeah. And then there's the religious fanatics who say it's a demon impersonating your loved one. Okay. So a demon's going to come through and tell you, um, that they love you, that they bring messages of love, healing, resolution. They may point out some health issues that you've got, recommend some healing, and give you an understanding that life is eternal and that the teachings of Jesus about eternal life, not to mention those of Krishna and all the other great spiritual teachers are true, somehow that just doesn't seem all demonic to me. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> all right, let's segue into spirit. So you're talking about the energetic body. So that energetic body becomes new form in the afterlife. Let's talk about that and how you see it, feel it, and hear it. Well, um, I differ with a lot of uh, my, my colleagues in the mediumistic world. You know, they talk about the spirit body. Spirits are pure energy. So they're not just invisible humans that essentially look like us. That being said is what spirits do as a pure energy field they emit waves of frequency to me or to, to, to a medium or to all of us. Just some people are better at this than others. And those waves of frequency, which are electromagnetic impulses, go into my brain and then get converted into recognizable concepts based on my memories, feelings, and cultural associations. And I will see things, hear things, feel things, excuse me, and know things. And um, I will describe what I'm experiencing. And a lot of times the information coming through may not be immediately understandable or recognizable. And people say, oh, well, you know, if this were real, I mean, I'd get it right away. But you got to realize spirit communication is not texting or instant messaging. Okay. 
we are it is interdimensional communication earlier with my example between am and fm we're communicating with another dimension yes it runs parallel to this one but there's still an energetic uh difference and oftentimes spirits will bring up things that people don't understand right away or don't get immediately and um i was in i was in um I think it was in Texas and I was on tour. And uh, the last time I was there was right before the pandemic. And this, um, I was at a big public event and this gentleman and his wife came up to me and he said, can I shake your hand? And I go, yeah, okay. He goes, you saved my life. And I go, uh, okay. He said, I know you probably don't remember me, but a year ago um, you were, you, you came here and you spoke and you said that the, the spirit of one of my relatives kept telling me that I needed to get into a cardiologist right away, right away, right away. And he said, like, I was like, oh, I don't need this. My wife said, you were going. He said, all right. So she, she got me in and the, the cardiologist said, dear God, you're on the verge of a heart attack. And wow. he said, they, they were able to treat it with statins and these other medications. He said, if I'd gone like another month, I would have had a massive heart attack. And see, I, I don't know that. I couldn't look, I mean, the guy looked fine. I mean, he looked healthy, you know, look at, you know, about a 50 year old guy. He looked like, you know, pretty deep, you know, he wasn't like grossly obese and, and looking like he had a stroke or anything. I mean, he looked like, like he was fine, but spirits once again being pure energy they run like a scan in your body and they'll find disruptions in in the energy in your body they report that to me i tell you what you do with that information is up to you and the thing is um i have i have so many stories along those lines i mean i could go on and on and on um but but that's some of the things that they give me that i may not understand right away wow that is amazing what are some stories you can share about some of the readings? So we get a kind of an example of how you work. Well, um, let's see. What type of stories do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever comes to mind. Whatever is meant to be shared. <laughs> Whatever is Gosh, I, I mean, there there are so many the, that I can tell. Um, Okay, here, here's one. I was doing a session for a group known as Helping Parents Heal, beautiful organization. Uh, for anyone who, who has suffered the devastation of losing a child, I cannot recommend it enough. And we we're doing a Zoom online event and um, I connected with, with this one woman and her son spirit came through and I kept getting Sparky the dog. No, are you sure? No. I go, this is really strong. No, no, no. And see, in my new book, I call that the no, no, no syndrome, where you start <laughs> shooting everything down. That's why in a reading, if it doesn't make sense to you right away, don't shoot it down. It's better to say, I'm not sure. Let me think about it. I don't know just yet, because energetically, that leaves the door open, where it's no, 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 closes it. Mm. Well, that night, and, and she shared this with uh, uh, Helping Parents Heal on their newsletter, she said, she couldn't believe it after the uh, Zoom session ended. She walked into her bedroom and then saw laying on her bed this stuffed toy that she'd taken from her son's apartment when he died. He kept it with him his whole life. It was called Sparky the dog. And she wrote me and she goes, I just didn't think of it at the time. And she said, 
Plus, I probably would have said no anyway, because I assumed you meant a live dog. And then uh, she said, now I realize that my son is around me and aware that I have his, his favorite stuffed toy of all time, Sparky the dog. So that is an example of what I call the unfolding. Now think of the reading is like a, a flower, blooms, blossoms, unfolds, and it can take time for people to, to understand, to understand that. Sometimes um, months yeah. after. I'm sorry? Sometimes months after. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, uh, it, it, it was funny too, because I was doing a session for this, um, this family, um, this husband, wife, and their son. And their other, no, this isn't funny, but, but their other son had passed and he came through. And so I'm doing the reading and then all of a sudden I'm drawn to the, his brother, the son that's here. And I said, you are not to go hand gliding. And this kid's jaw just drops. And he goes, I'm supposed to go to the Florida Keys next week and go hand gliding. And his mother's sitting next to him and she turns and looks at him and says, like hell you are. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the kid goes, I'm not going now. And I said, we well, go to the Keys, but just don't go hand gliding, you know? And, uh, I, you know, I don't mean to laugh, but, but I mean, when, when something like, like that comes up and that's what I call spirit intervention. Another form of spirit intervention, I was doing a, a public group event and there was this uh, mother and her teenage daughter um, stood up and I was drawn to them and her grandfather, the young lady's grandfather. So it was the, the mom's father, the young lady's grandfather. And he came through and he was giving them beautiful messages. And he said, don't get in that car. Don't go to the concert. And this girl's like, but I'm supposed to go to this concert. And I forget who it was. It was, I don't know, Britney Spears or something, it was, you know, some, some, something like that. And I, and I said, look, all I'm doing is, is uh, conveying the message. A year later, um, I'm doing another event. And it's so funny because like, you know, it seems like like years later, you know, because I'm on tour and then I'll, I, you know, I go to some of the, the same venues and this, this lady um, and her daughter come up and they say, you probably don't remember us, but a year ago you told my daughter, don't go to the concert, don't get in that car. And I'm like, yeah, I remember something like that, you know, cause I do a lot of readings. Mm -hmm. And the girl said, I'm so glad that you told me that because I called my friends and I said, look, I saw the psychic and he said that I'm not supposed to go with you. And they go, why? He said something about the car. So, so my friends were like really freaked out and they were driving on the interstate, but they were going slow because they're like, okay, the psychic says something will happen. All of a sudden there, there was some debris in the road. They got four flat tires. They ran over something and they got four blowouts and they said, there we were stranded for hours. Now, nobody got hurt, but of course they missed the concert. I mean, what are the odds? What are the chances of four flat tires at the same time? And what I'm figuring is um, like a bag of nails or something must have fallen off some truck because, you know, it was on the highway. It was on I-95 in Florida. And that's, you know, that's a very heavily, heavily trafficked, uh, well, all the interstates are, but, but the thing is, if, if I hadn't told her that, she would have gone. And if I hadn't told her that, they probably would have been going 75, 80 miles an hour. Now, all of a sudden you get four blowouts when you're going at high speed. This could have been a horrible tragedy. Right. So, so Liz, what I call this is spirit intervention. 
um, which is a new chapter in, in my book, Evan, um, The Afterlife Frequency. And spirits can see past, present, and future. That's once again a quantum concept. Um, and this is where they intervene to head off at the past a dangerous or potentially dangerous situation. So those are some examples from readings. I love that. And I love your terms, spirit intervention, interdimensional communication. I love these. Do you have, can you share something else um, from your new book for us? Because I'm dying to get a sneak peek into it. <laughs> well, I know I don't want to give away all the, all the good stuff. It took, you know, I, what it is, I've been researching this for years and um, I, I have created a lot of new terminology like the electromagnetic soul. Interdimensional communication was a term I first introduced in my book, Evidence of Eternity. So I'm expanding on that. But, but the afterlife frequency is not Evidence of Eternity Part 2. It stands on its own. And because I believe it's, it's important for people to understand, and this is from the new book, that there is a logical reason for everything. Think about it like this, Liz. Since the dawn of human history, people have reported after-death communication, contact with spirits, whether it's through a medium like me, or whether it's a visitation where they come to you in a dream, or a near-death experience, a deathbed vision, an out-of-body experience. And this isn't hocus-pocus or magic. There is a logical rational explanation for all of it. And I believe it all can be explained through quantum physics. Now, there may be some aspects of this that we don't yet understand. And getting back to what you said, how do I deal with skeptics? They'll say, oh, this book is just pseudoscience. Oh, this is just fantasy. <clears throat> well, that's their opinion because pseudoscience, tell me, if you try to explain to somebody in the year 1920 about a microwave oven, what would they say to you? You know, I mean, we think of microwaves all the time. He's like, oh, I need to uh, heat up a cup of water, make some tea, so press a button, and, you know, magically a minute later, water is boiling. Okay. Really? Right. Yeah. Let alone cell phones. <laughs> You know, I remember, you know, um, being a kid watching the old Star Trek series in syndication, the Kirk Enterprise and all that. It, remember when flip phones were out there? You, you, you okay. got to realize, yeah, that <laughs> that the, the the people who designed those must have been Trekkies. OK, <laughs> because <laughs> totally. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Well, that was the science fiction yep. of, of uh, the 1960s, which became a reality. I guess cell phones started becoming popular, what, in the late 80s? Definitely in the 90s. Everybody had them. Yep. But, but what, what is oftentimes science uh, fiction becomes science fact. I mean, if you look at the novels of Jules Verne, writing about um, uh, 20,000 leagues under the sea, essentially a submarine, uh, he wrote about travel to the moon. You know, those were science fiction stories in the late 19th century, yet within a century, actually much less than that, of him writing those, we had nuclear submarines and humans had been to the moon. Wow. Right? Yeah. So, so when people say, oh, you can't talk to spirits, it's like, yeah, explain a microwave oven to somebody in the year 1920. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. 
So let's dive into your mediumship a little bit more. So when spirit speaks to you, how do you hear them? It, I see them, hear them, feel them. Um, I, I taste things. Um, I experience sensations. Initially, when a spirit con connects with me, first I'll get his or her gender. Then I'll get an idea generally of the relationship to you. So if somebody's on your level, Liz, that'd be your generation, like a brother, sister, cousin, spouse, friend, below your level, child, niece, nephew, above your level, parent, aunt, uncle, so on and so forth. Then they'll, they'll start transmitting to me usually how they died. This is how they work with me. I'll start feeling sensations throughout my body. Um, then once that's established, then they're going to start transmitting to me all types of things. That's where I'll see things, hear things, feel things, know things. And I mean, some of the stuff that, that comes out um, is, is, is very, very fascinating. I was doing a session for this, um, this woman and um her father came through and I kept seeing from uh, Disney's um, Snow White, I kept seeing the dwarf grumpy. And this was in a, what I call a light circle. It's like where I do a session for 10 people. So that way I can make sure everybody gets a reading. And I'm like, I know this sounds weird, but grumpy. <laughs> and she looks at me and her eyes go like this. So I, that's always a good sign during her reading. I go, what's up with grumpy? She goes, I have a grumpy collection. I'm like, a what? She goes, I collect grumpies. And everyone, somebody in the group goes, is that really a thing? She goes, yeah. She goes, I, I like, for some reason, I like the dwarf grumpy and I collect all these little figurines. All right. Now, for, for the skeptics and the cynics that say that, oh, you're cold reading. Really? So I'm going to, so I'm going to look at somebody and fling out the dwarf grumpy, hoping to get a hit. Right. I love that. <laughs> That's really fun. That's a fun story. How about um, good and bad spirit? You know, I don't believe in evil spirits. Um, I certainly, though, have connected with people who did really horrible things when they were here. Mm -hmm. um, in my first book, Never Letting Go, um, I was honored to do a reading for this woman whose little boy had been uh, kidnapped, raped, and murdered by a serial killer. And I know it was just, mm -hmm. and so I'm doing the reading for, for her and her mother came through and then the boy came through and, and it was beautiful. The stuff he was given, giving me, and he made some comment about um, how corny the license plate was. And I go, and she goes, Oh my God. She said his name was Junie, Junie Rios Martinez. And she said, we have a license plate on the car that says Junie forever. And then he said something about basketball, basketball. And she goes, oh, my God. In, in our town, they named a basketball uh, court after him. And wow. then the energy shifted and somebody else entered the reading. Now, I didn't realize that the killer had been put to death. And even though this occurred in Florida, um, I, I actually had been, been out of Florida at the time and, and, um, but I could feel he was on a different frequency and I believe that there's levels to the other side and he came through and I, I said, and I described him and I said, look, um, I'll ask him to, to go away. And she goes, no, I want to hear what he has to say. Well, wow. 
he explained that he was completely insane. He said, my consciousness, it was like a TV with static. And then he started describing the sickening impulses and sexual desires towards children. Now he's transmitting this to me and I'm feeling it. It was like, I felt like filth was going through my body. It was like, uh, and then Junie stepped in and said, mom, he's not evil here. And he said, I am not. He basically, when he died, the insanity died with the brain because the reason he was a, a, a killer was because of a defect with his brain. And see, the brain merely houses consciousness. It does not create it. So when the body dies, the mental and physical disabilities die with that. So he came through and he said, but I, he goes, I am fully aware of what I, I have done. And he wanted to apologize to her. And wow. she said, I forgive him. And I'm like, you do, you know, cause I mean like, yeah, I'm all about forgiveness, but you know, this is a lot. And she said, I felt cheated at his execution because when they brought me in, he'd already been sedated. I wanted him to see the look of forgiveness in my eyes. And he acknowledged that he appreciated that. And before he left, he said three, three other boys. And so I go, well, what's that mean? And so when the reading was over, she goes, Oh dear God, she was Mark. This is not public knowledge, but the police told me that they believed that he was involved, that he was a serial killer, and that he was involved in the murders of other young boys. And because at the scene of Junie's, Junie's murder, there were hair and tissue samples that didn't match either my son or, or him. So that was was pretty intense yeah that was the word that was coming to my mind that's intense wow <sighs> shake that one off <laughs> well, all right I'll, 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 all right i'll give you um a happier story <laughs> i was on tour of upper state new york and i was in buffalo and my manager rocky she travels with me and i see her on the phone she goes yeah right she goes, you're serious? She goes, Mark, Shirley McLean's assistant is on the phone and Shirley would like to talk to you because she has a radio show. And I go, when? She goes, now. And I'm like, okay, and for those of you who don't know who Shirley McLean is, Academy Award winning actress, um, she was the first major celebrity to go public with her belief in psychics, reincarnation, um, you know, this type of work. And for years, she had a radio show called Independent Expressions. Well, I was supposed to be a 20 minute interview. And apparently she enjoyed talking to me so much. She had me on the phone for two hours and 40 minutes. Because she goes, <laughs> she goes, Mark, do you mind if we go longer? And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, it was such an honor to talk to her. And so, um, we, we were talking about, about Albert Einstein, and she said, well, um, and at the time, Stephen Hawking was still alive, and she said, well, I was in Stephen's office. I'm like, you know Stephen Hawking, so it turned into me, like, asking her questions, you know, and she said, yeah, so I'm in Stephen Hawking's office, and behind him on the wall are two pictures, one of Albert Einstein and one of Marilyn Monroe, Oh, and, and, and she goes, Steve, and I get Einstein, but why Marilyn Monroe? And then she imitates him and goes, 
because her curves are more beautiful than a quantum singularity. <laughs> and, and I go, I wonder what Marilyn would think about that. And she goes, well, you're the medium. You tell me. Boom. Talk about pressure. Right. And all of a sudden, Marilyn Monroe's spirit comes through. Wow. Okay. And it, it dawns on me that I am talking to Shirley McLean while now communicating with the spirit of Marilyn Monroe. And Shirley said, did she kill herself? And Marilyn said, no, I did not. I couldn't take it anymore. It was too much. And I was always jealous of you, Marilyn, because you could glide through a crowd with such elegance while I always felt garish and out of place. And she said, and thank you, Shirley. Thank you for making the right decision. And Shirley said, I really needed to hear that. And I said, what's going on? She said, back in those days, the studio used to play Marilyn and I off against each other. And we were both up for many of the same roles. And she said that um, at the birthday celebration, for John F. Kennedy, where Marilyn comes out and does a happy birthday. Well, Marilyn was thrown a fit backstage and didn't want to wear the costume. I mean, the, that, 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 that beautiful dress. Mm -hmm. And, and then I said, well, and, and Shirley goes, well, I was there that night. I go, you were, she goes, Mark, I was part of the Rat Pack. And I'm like, oh my God, Frank Sinatra was there. And Peter Lawford, who was JFK's brother-in-law, was part of the Rat Pack. And Shirley McLean was there. And the producers went backstage and say, well, if you won't do it, Marilyn, Shirley McLean will. She's your size. So then Marilyn went out there and did this. Okay. Wow. And so she said that they're always trying. She goes, and I didn't, she goes, Marilyn and I didn't hate each other, but the studios were always doing this to us. And she said, then I got my big break. I got cast in the movie, The Apartment. And, uh, and so there I was, she goes, so months later, I'm on the red carpet event in Hollywood for The Apartment. And Marilyn Monroe shows up wearing a full length uh, fur coat to the premiere. And she goes, and it was really kind of hot that night. And we're all like, God, what's with Marilyn wearing the full length uh, fur coat? And so during, during the movie, Marilyn got up and went out to the lobby. And so Shirley went out there and Marilyn, you know, was at the bar and, and she said, is there a problem, Marilyn? And she said, Shirley McLean, and we're on the air. Okay. This is uh -huh. on the air. This is you know. <laughs> Marilyn turns to me and opens up her fur coat and is stark naked I underneath it. Say that. <laughs> and then Shirley says, now that I think about it, Stephen Hawking had a point. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. But that was that was one of the greatest greatest honors of my life um, was was being able was being able to do that. And, I, and I've done readings for celebrities and other very famous people have come through and and you know, I could sit here all day and, and tell those stories. But that one, it's like and 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 for a moment, I said, "There's another woman over there with her with the most beautiful eyes. They're almost violet." And then Shirley goes, "Oh, Liz." she was my best friend. She, she was so nice to me when I came to Hollywood. Then I'm like, I am talking to Shirley MacLaine and connecting with the spirits of Elizabeth Taylor and Marilyn Monroe. I don't think I'm going to top this one. <laughs> no, that is amazing. God, thanks for sharing that. That's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Well, I figured after the, the, you know, the, the, this, you know, 
the the connection with the serial killer. And the thing is that that people who have done horrific things, when you communicate with them, they're not evil spirits. They they know what they did, and they have to or they do reflect upon it. And I do believe in reincarnation um, because uh, every everybody who's had a near death experience, myself included, I was a child, but um, near death experiencers all come back believing in reincarnation. All the spirits, when it comes up, talk about reincarnation. This whole idea of you die and either you know take an elevator up to bling heaven or boom, down to hell, that that's once again a mythological construct. And there's reasons why humans created that to scare people into conforming and believing. Yeah. But the ultimate sense of justice is inescapable because your actions, your decisions, all have repercussions. And that is why I believe that all the religions, all the great teachings of all the spiritual teachers can be boiled down to two words, be nice. Yeah, they all can. I agree. Great. You work with um, International Association for Near-Death Experiences or Studies. I do. do. Yes, I'm going to be the keynote speaker. um, I believe it's Friday, September. September 2nd or 3rd, whatever, whatever that Friday is, the first Friday. Yeah. And I'm presenting um, a a topic based on some of the concepts in my book, The Afterlife Frequency. The name of the discussion is the NDE zone connected by the light from the cosmic to the subatomic. Oh, that's going to be great. I'm I'm looking forward to it. And uh, um, the International Association for Near-Death Studies is an amazing organization. Uh, whether you've had an NDE or not, if you're interested in furthering your understanding of afterlife studies, visit their website, iands.org. Um, it, it's definitely, definitely worth being a member of. Um, it's a fascinating organization. Also, with Helping Parents Heal, they, they believe that it is possible to recover from the devastation of the loss of a child, and they believe that spirit communication is an important part of the journey through grief. So, so for the people that are out there who feel alone and isolated, and it really is easy to, to feel that way when you're when you're mired in the in the tar pit of grief, mm-hmm. there are organizations out there um, who who can help and who will also further your understanding of of uh, spirit communication, eternal life, and also helping you just be happier with yourself. Awesome, Mark. Thanks for sharing that. And then you're also part of a radio show with Dr. Pat. I am. I love Dr. Pat Basile. Uh, She is the host of the Dr. Pat Show and the founder of the Transformation Network. And we started doing a show. We've been on the air now since the end of um, 2020, The Psychic and the Doc, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And we have a lot of amazing guests, And but many of our shows are call-in shows. So people call in and I'm able to, to do a connection with their loved ones in spirit in tandem with Dr. Pat, street smart, no-nonsense uh, spiritualist behavioral psychologist uh, intuition. And let me tell you, it has just been such a a wonderful synergistic effect. People are finding so much healing, so much joy uh, for for both of us utilizing our talents to help people. And that's every Thursday 
um, at 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And if people want to find out about, about my show, how to sign up for my newsletter, please do. Mm-hmm. And booking a session with me, my website is afterlifefrequency.com, just like the, my new book, the afterlifefrequency.com. Awesome. Yeah. And you guys, everybody go listen. It's a great show. I've listened to it several times. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Thanks for doing it. Oh, you should call in sometime. (laughs) Oh, that would be fun. I'd love that. (laughs) So I have, let's see. So going back to your talk with Shirley McLean, which was amazing by the way. So how did you bridge lawyer to psychic medium? I'm curious. Yeah, as, as I was as I explained at the beginning of the show, I was born as a psychic medium, and I was raised in my you know my dad's family was Baptist, but um, in those days he married a Catholic. My mom, okay, and uh, he actually before my grandfather who was from Italy, um, he had to ask for my mother's hand in marriage, and, and my grandfather's like, so what the religion are you? And he goes, well, I'm Baptist. He goes, Baptist, if you want to marry my genie, you must have become a Catholic. And my dad's like, what? You know, because he was, you know, he was a Navy SEAL. <laughs> and, you know, he was like, yeah. But he loved my mom so much. He did it. And it's funny because my roommate in law school was Jewish. You know, we were talking about, you know, and, and my, I'll never forget my roommate saying, being Catholic's like being Jewish. It's such a hassle that unless you're born it, don't do it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but but be that as it may, um, I was raised in the Catholic faith, and I did go to Catholic school, and I was very drawn to the spiritual, and I thought that um, I really considered going into the clergy. But as I started getting older, it was like too many rules and regulations and the celibacy thing and all that. And um, so I decided to go into law instead, which certainly, you know, doesn't have too many rules and regulations, but um, I, I enjoyed the practice of law. I've always enjoyed helping people. I enjoyed uh, public presentations. I was a trial attorney, but it got to the point where it was time to fully embrace this and embark on this path. And life is like a river. You have to flow with it, not against it. And the time was ready. And that's what I did. Wow. So what did that look like for you, like coming out of the mediumship closet? It was not easy. Um, and I remember when I was in England, my mentors there said that, you know, Mark, you know, Mark, you're going to lose all of your friends, but never mind, you'll make new friends like you. <laughs> and, well, it's true because a lot of people don't understand. And certainly there were people in my life who, who have you know, stood by me. But I I did see how a lot of people went by the wayside and, you know, they're on their journey and their spiritual path. And, you know, all I can say is I wish them well. And, you know, we cry, you know, we, we occasionally talk and things are fine. Um, But it was time for me to embark on this path. And what had happened is my mother died unexpectedly. And and this is a whole long story, but I'll I'll give you the, the short part of it. About two weeks after she passed, I was so depressed. And I was coming back from from court. um, And I was heading to my law firm, you know, I was senior partner in a law firm. Okay. So, you know, walking around saying, I see dead people wasn't exactly, you know, winning me popularity contest. And 
I was so overcome with grief that I pulled over into the parking lot of this, you know, little strip mall and I'm sitting there and I was all alone in my car or so I thought, and all of a sudden this flash of light, it, I'm not sure if it was in my head or in the car because everything just flashed and I turned to, to the passenger side and I saw, and I can still see this clearly in my mind's eye, I saw my mother's silhouette in a silver white light. And her voice filled my head. And I will never forget this. Mark, you have been given the gift of mediumship so that you would not be crushed by grief. But now you must help those who are suffering with theirs. And then I like fell back into my chair and I was soaking wet with sweat. And within a year, I was out of the practice of law and doing this. And it's not like, oh, the door is open. No. The door didn't open. The door got exploded open and I got shoved right through it. And you know what? I have never looked back. And so I look at, at uh, my background as an attorney. It gave me uh, credentials and a skill set, a means of explaining things. Um, I'm also taken more credibly in, in scientific circles. And so, so I look at that, everything that happens to us appears to happen for a reason. And so I still appear on, on many shows as a legal analyst. I become the media's go-to guy when the paranormal and uh, the legal system collide. And, and there's a lot of, lot of topics uh, along those lines. Love so it. so I still, still keep up, up on law and do commentating on that. But uh, the focus of my life is to um, help people understand that God exists heaven exists. Our soul is an immortal living spirit. We can communicate with those souls and we will be reunited with our loved ones when it is our time to cross into the light. And that's why I'm here. I love that, Mark. That's amazing. Is there anything else you would like to leave our listeners with today? Um, just that if you want to find out more about my work, um, my upcoming new book, you can reserve uh, a copy. It's going to be released October 5th. My website is afterlifefrequency.com. And I do invite all of you to sign up for my website after, um, by visiting afterlifefrequency.com. You, you know, you can also, um, when you're on my newsletter, you'll find out about upcoming episodes of The Psychic and the Doc. Uh, you can call in. And also on my website, there's a free grief uh, management resource section. Um, there's, there's many different coping strategies and things for those of you who are, are suffering with the loss of a loved one. And that's all on my website, afterlifefrequency.com. Awesome. Mark Anthony, everybody, go check him out. Mark, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been so fun. What a great conversation. Listeners are going to love this. Awesome. <laughs> Sweet. And thank you, everyone, for joining me today. Again, my name is Liz Peterson, and this is Raise the Vibe with Liz. And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and my website, lizishealingtouch.com. Thank you for listening, everybody, and have a great day. Remember to get out there and raise the vibe. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to today's show on Raise the Vibe with Liz. If you like this content and want to support me, please go to Patreon at Raise the Vibe with Liz or click the link in the description of this show. 
And remember, change starts with you. So get out there and raise the vibe. Thank you, everyone.